RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. China's factory activity unexpectedly expands. The director of social welfare says the... De- the government will ramp up inspections of childcare centres. And President Putin is preparing to announce the annexation of four partially occupied regions of Ukraine. China's factory activity unexpectedly expanded this month, helped by a series of recent easing measures. But gains were marginal as the economy continues to grapple with strict COVID curbs, a deepening property crisis and softening exports growth. Mike Weeks reports. The National Bureau of Statistics says the official Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, rose to 50.1 in September from 49.4 in August. Most economists had expected another reading below 50, the demarcation between contraction and growth. But the private Chaishin survey, released on the same day, shows factory activity contracted at a sharper pace in September. Growth in the services sector also slowed sharply. The official composite PMI, which includes manufacturing and services, fell to 50.9 from 51.7. Its new export orders index dropped to 47 from 48.1 in August as external demand has been hit by rising interest rates, high inflation and the war in Ukraine. The Director of Social Welfare, Charmaine Lee, says the government will ramp up inspections of childcare centres. She was speaking a day after the release of a report on the city's residential care childcare facilities and its recommendations. Ms Lee was speaking on an RTHK programme. We will closely monitor the effectiveness of implementing the improvement measures and decide whether the operator is still suitable to provide part or all of the services invented by the Social Welfare Department. Regarding the child abuse incidents at the children's residential home, it seriously violated service quality standards, so the department will put in place a period of surveillance. Environment Minister Tse Chin-wan says he will help Hong Kong's only beverage carton recycler to find a new place to operate after it was told to move out of an industrial estate. Last night, the recycler Mill Mill was given a six-month lease extension by the Hong Kong Science and Technology Parks. Mr Tse said the government hoped Mill Mill would continue to serve Hong Kong, but authorities would try to find a contractor to recycle beverage cartons if the firm stopped operating. I myself talked with the CEO of the Hong Kong Science and Technology Parks. Of course, I hope to provide Mill Mill with the maximum assistance and support, but I understand the Science and Technology Parks may have their own limits and difficulties, and they have decided to extend the lease for six months. We really hope Mill Mill can continue to serve Hong Kong because it is a firm with good intentions. Former ex-co convener Bernard Chan says the upcoming finance summit by the Monetary Authority is long overdue, but Hong Kong is still far from normality as it emerges from the pandemic. More than 30 leaders of global financial institutions are expected to attend November's summit, intended to show the SAR is back and open for business. Mr Chan said for a full return to normality, the three days of medical surveillance and PCR tests for arrivals needed to be scrapped. This is obviously long overdue. I think it's been almost a year after most of our other competitors already have opened up. 
So I think the coming summit is clearly a signal to the world that Hong Kong is prepared to open up with a sort of a roadmap. Because for quite a long time, people have been, a lot of people in the businesses have been asking for that roadmap that we couldn't exactly give. So I think this summit, together with the relaxations and the restrictions and so on, is a good signal. The chairman of the Education Policy Concern Group says the declining local student population is a horrible situation that's only going to get worse. Mervyn Jung predicted a double-digit decline in school enrollment ahead due to the ageing population and the pandemic keeping away students from the mainland and elsewhere in Asia. He said the government should freeze class numbers and manpower for local schools and wait and see whether students return as COVID restrictions ease. He also said the authorities should do more to promote Hong Kong as an international education hub. After all, Hong Kong has already targeted to become an education hub, at least a regional one, if not an international one. So why should it not be pursued with more with greater vigor and also determination? The Russian president, Vladimir Putin, is preparing to announce the annexation of four partially occupied regions of Ukraine at a ceremony in Moscow. Ukraine has said it will continue to fight for the liberation of Kherson, Saporizhia, Donetsk and Luhansk. President Biden said the U.S. would never recognize Russia's claims. I'd also like to briefly address the shameless and transparent effort by Russia to annex parts of neighbor Ukraine. Russia's assault on Ukraine in pursuit of Putin's imperial ambitions is a flagrant, a flagrant violation of the UN Charter and the basic principles of sovereignty and territorial integrity. Earlier, the United Nations Secretary General called on Russia to step back from the brink over its annexation plans. Antonio Guterres was speaking at the UN in New York. Any decision to proceed with the annexation of Donetsk, Luhansk, Kherson and Zaporizhia regions of Ukraine would have no legal value and deserves to be condemned. It cannot be reconciled with the international legal framework. It stands against everything the international community is meant to stand for. It flouts the purposes and principles of the United Nations. It is a dangerous escalation. It has no place in the modern world. It must not be accepted. The U.S. Senate has approved $12 billion worth of economic and military aid for Ukraine. It follows two previous aid packages amounting to $54 billion. The BBC's Barbara Plett Usher reports. The money is designated to help Ukraine's government deliver basic services to its citizens. It's also aimed at providing training, equipment, munitions and U.S. weapon systems to the Ukraine military. Together with previous packages, this new funding would mark the highest amount of military aid the U.S. has committed to any country in a single year since the Vietnam War. The measure was agreed by senators of both parties. The Republican leader Mitch McConnell said it was not some feel-good gesture, but literally an investment in the national security of America and its allies. A huge rescue effort is taking place in the U.S. state of Florida in the wake of Hurricane Ian. Rescue teams are assessing shattered communities by land, boat and air. Fears are growing that there may have been many deaths. Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis told a news conference that search and rescue operations were well underway. 
in all told search and rescue operations, it started in the wee hours of the morning. As soon as the winds died down enough to where it was safe, uh, you had Coast Guard assets, you had urban search and rescue teams. We've had the National Guard out assisting people. Uh, there have been more than 700 confirmed rescues, and there's likely uh, many more than that uh, that will be confirmed as more data comes in. The United States and 14 Pacific Island governments have issued a declaration pledging to forge a closer relationship as the region deals with climate change. The declaration came at the end of the first ever Pacific Island Country Summit held in Washington. British Prime Minister Liz Truss has defended her economic plan and shrugged off the negative reaction from financial markets, saying decisive action is needed to get the economy growing. In her first public comment since the government's announcement of billions of dollars of tax cuts that roiled markets and drove the pound to record lows, Ms Truss said Britain was facing a difficult time. She said the problems were global and spurred by Russia's attack of Ukraine. And what we've done is we've taken decisive action. First of all, to make sure that nobody is paying more than a typical fuel bill of £2,500. That will come in this Saturday. But also to reduce our tax burden, to make sure we grow the economy and also curb inflation. And that's so important. It's a difficult time. We're facing a global economic crisis brought about by Putin's war in Ukraine. And what was right is that Britain took decisive action to help people get through what is going to be a difficult winter. The biggest measure in the mini-budget was the support we have given to people on their energy bills. And it was absolutely right that we gave that support. Because without that support, people would be facing high fuel bills this winter. I was worried about people struggling to heat their homes. But also, we, but also, also we would have seen businesses like pubs go out of business. So it was the right decision to take. And we need to continue to make sure we deliver the economic growth, we deliver the jobs and opportunities, and that is the long-term future that we have set out. The BBC has published a series of proposals to increase the World Service's digital offering as part of a restructure which will result in the loss of about 380 jobs. The BBC's Lizo Mazimba has more. The BBC says that the World Service will continue to operate in all the languages and countries where it's currently present. But the proposals will see some language services offering purely digital services. It means that nearly half the language services will be digital only. Some TV and radio programmes, BBC Arabic Radio and BBC Persian will also stop. The plans are the result of the BBC having a projected shortfall in its funding of more than $300 million per year by 2027. An award-winning Zimbabwean author has been found guilty of inciting violence by holding up placards and condemning the arrest of government critics and calling for political reforms. Tsitsi Dangaremga and her co-accused Julie Barnes stood motionless as the verdict was announced. Later, Ms Dangaremga addressed reporters outside the court. I would say I'm not surprised because we are in a situation where media freedom is not encouraged the space for freedom of expression and freedom of the media is shrinking and is increasingly criminalized 
Facebook parent Meta has outlined sweeping plans to reduce headcount for the first time. Bloomberg reports that CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced the plans during a weekly Q&A session with employees. He reportedly said the company would cut budgets across most teams, even those that were growing. Sports news now, and we start with the Women's Basketball World Cup, where China take on the hosts Australia today for a place in the final. China beat France 85-71 to to reach the last four for the first time since 1983, the year they won bronze. Australia defeated Belgium 86-69. to Commentator Patricia Heisen says the Australians look like they have enough to go to the final for the second time in a row. It's all about inspiration. It's beyond just the support of the fans, though it's been such a huge factor to get that lift from the home crowd. But you have people like Lauren Jackson. I think she's really been such a factor for Australia that gives them the maturity that allows them to be cool under so much pressure. But of course, a lot of the great players that they have on that squad, but that X factor that LJ brings for Australia will probably see them through that tall order against China. Defending champions, the United States crushed Serbia 85 to 88 to 55. That sets up a semi-final clash with Canada, who defeated Puerto Rico 79 to 60. A world heavyweight title fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua remains uncertain after yet another seemingly random contract deadline was missed. On Monday, the WBC champion Fury announced his proposed bout with former world champion Joshua was off after no contract had been signed. But on Thursday, Fury announced a new deadline. If you've got any sort of dignity and pride about you, you'll get this contract signed today. This is it. There is no more days, weeks, months. You've had the contract now for over two weeks and you still haven't signed it. Show the public that you're really a big coward that I know you are, and don't sign it. I don't care either way. If you sign it or you don't, it makes no difference to me at all. You're a beaten man, and and I'm a world champion. I'm chucking you a massive bone, but I know I can punch your face in. Everyone is happy. Get your team onto mine. They will be available all day, like they've been available for the last two weeks. Get this contract signed today. In response, Joshua's promoter Eddie Hearn denied that they had a contract for two weeks and said there was no chance a deal would be completed straight away. When we received the contract, it was a million miles away from from being anywhere near signable. And we've, we've got it to a place where, as I said, on Monday, we sent our final version. If they would have wanted to sign the contract, there was nothing controversial in that version. They could have signed the contract there, the deal was done. They come back with their comments, they're more than entitled to do so. But they didn't come back and say, you must sign it today. That's just Tyson. So we don't know where we stand. Monday the fight was off. Today it's back on if we sign it in the next four or five hours. It ain't happening. But we'd like to sign it if it gets to a place where it can be signed. And the weather, cloudy with showers. Showers will be heavy with squally thunderstorms at first, moderate to fresh easterly winds, occasionally strong offshore and on higher ground at first. The outlook, still a few showers tomorrow, becoming fine early next week. The temperature is 25 degrees, humidity 94%. The amber rainstorm warning signal is in force, as is the thunderstorm warning, which will remain effective until 3pm today. To end the news, the top stories once again. China's factory activity unexpectedly expands. The Director of Social Welfare says the government will ramp up inspections of childcare centres and President Putin is preparing to announce the annexation of four partially occupied regions of Ukraine. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
Sam Fender. We're getting started. This is Radio 3 and the Brew for a Friday. It's about 18 minutes past one now. Five minutes or so, we're off to Singapore, where Danny Hicks is going to be presenting sports and all from because he's there covering the Singapore Grand Prix. He's got a tiny bit of football for you as well. Arsenal, Tottenham, Saturday, and the Manchester Derby on Sunday. That's coming up in just a bit. This is Shanice. (laughs) 